0: Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind's General Manager, David Medeiros, we discuss the latest on renewable energy. Check out our additional educational information on our website at mwands.com. Thank you for downloading this podcast and please subscribe. Welcome to Missouri Winds version of Between Two Ferns with <laughs> with David and Wes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many of y'all will get that reference, but Google <laughs> Between Two Ferns and you'll be laughing throughout the rest of the day. <laughs> we wanted to talk today about sizing your system, and so I drugged David in here because we're about to start a pretty good building project here in Missouri. So I know if you follow the podcast or, or know about kind of the Missouri wind and solar, Missouri wind and solar story, you know, Chris and I have been living in between Missouri and Georgia for a couple of years. We're finally up here full time, and we're going to start breaking ground up here in the next, hopefully before winter sets in on a pretty much – totally off-grid house. And so we want to talk about some of the things, and hopefully what we're, what we're planning on doing is a, a video series on that and showing us that as we actually build the house, a lot of the components that we put in there. So we hope to bring that to you. That, that'll probably be a year or so before we actually produce the video because we would need to record it and then edit it and that sort of thing put it all together. But anyway, one of the big components of this overall and the questions we get i know on a regular basis is just about sizing your your system overall and that system may be i know we had i think we had some guys in here this week that were sizing a boat dock if right. i remember right yeah. I, th- I think i think i overheard somebody come in and do that so it may be something as simple as you know your boat lift or it may be a whole whole house out at, out, at, out at our land so David where where do we where do we typically start with that what's the process if if somebody just calls in kind of where does it start from there you know most people call in they'll have in
1: mind what they a project that they're working on say say it's their whole home
0: or say it's the boat lift right so what are some what's some of the typical ones I what I would imagine boat lift, like the, the, uh, the, the know, uh, ponds the like the stock ponds,
1: that is one. With that one, it's a little easier because it's because we're using our sun Tack and there's only a certain a number of panels you can use. It's either one, two, or three.
0: Well, let's start with that one. Let's because that let's start with the easy one, and then let's talk okay, about yeah. what what would be a difficult so, one. So
1: so let's just say Wes has called into me and said, "Hey, I have a quarter acre pond. It's five foot deep, but I have a lot of fish in it, and I want them to make sure they they stay living." And so at that, you know, I would go to my I would know go to my pumps first. That's the first thing I want to do. So, what the the only way you can size a system is you have to know the AC loads that you're wanting to run.
0: In this case, we're talking about in this case we're
1: uh, talking about a pump. So, so we know this pump pulls say 55 watts when it's running. So, 55 watts that's at the run rate. Now it will have a surge rate maybe of 150 watts
0: three times. For those of those people out there who are like me that don't know what a surge rate is. So the surge rate would be the first
1: initial startup, like a compressor on a refrigerator has a high surge rate. It it may only run and, and use when it's running, you know, say 200 watts of power, but it may surge 800 watts when that compressor initially kicks in.
0: All right. So as a good example of that, too, like when I when I crank my truck. Right, and you right. That battery sits around for days and days and days, and then you hit it to start it. It has to really throw. Yeah, some- it's
1: got to have a lot of energy to throw directly at that engine. You know what I mean? And all in, in today's world, I mean, all those electrical components, the the EFI, you know, one time right. You got to start the electronic fuel ignition. You got to start all the different all the different things in the vehicle. You know, so it has to have a good. The battery has to have a good charge so it has so it can overcome that surge.
0: Okay, so coming back to our to our pump. So what what is a surge? So the surge like on that? So
1: let's say on that 40 liter for instance, if you are in perfect conditions, you may get away with using one 100 watt solar panel. Typically the surge is going to be about 90 watts, but for the for the biggest case, we're going to typically use a a two-panel system with that if you're above Missouri and higher because you don't quite get the efficiency out of solar panels in the northern country as you will in the southern
0: country. But, but now also, your inverter's got to be able to right. handle so, that too, so right? Right, mean, so we
1: designed an inverter for that particular okay, one. Okay,
0: so back up. So the pump is how
1: many watts? 55, say. And then the surge is? Surge is going to be about, about 90 to 110, depending on okay. the back pressure.
0: So your inverter has to at least… Handle 110? Yes, yes. Or I or I, I thought, do the inverters not have a surge?
1: They do. They do. The inverter that we keep on it, though, on this particular one, because it's about the smallest you can buy out there, is 150. Okay. a 150 watt. Okay. So and it has a surge rating of, of up to three hundred watts.
0: So can you match those surge ratings and be okay, or would yeah, you, would yeah. you so, always so rather you be could, above the surge rating? You
1: don't have to be above the surge rating. You can match it and be fine. I mean, because okay. it can never it can never go over. Now on a solar panel, remember you're not getting hundred percent efficiency. They're they're just not out there. Right. You know, so if you get a panel that say is hundred watts, you know, best best case scenario. Now a hundred watt panel, though, mind you has the ability to put out more than 100 watts. So they've kind of done that in themselves knowing that it, you know they're not 100% efficient. So they they kind of know that that a panel with a flash test will put out say 115 watts. But in a true normal all-time everyday in the real world will only put out about well, 90 and, to 100.
0: And they'd have to do that because if it ever Right. Went up too high, then you'd blow up whatever is right. behind right. it. So, yeah.
1: so they know the, the upper limits of it and they also know the and, lower and limits. And
0: I think that's a key element here. And correct me if I'm wrong, this is a great step aside segue moment. Is that pretty much is what I be right saying pretty much everything that we do, and and I would say we as the alternative energy industry, mm-hmm. all of those components are listed or rated at their top right because you don't ever want to blow out correct whatever's behind it been from a solar panel to a wind turbine yeah i mean so everything if we say it's a 100 watt panel that means you're probably never going to get 100 watt right right and so if your inverter is rated at 300 watts what is it looking for it can it can typically handle up two eighty with
1: with no with no problems.
0: But is three hundred the surge? Three hundred. Three hundred.
1: If let's say that you have a three hundred watt inverter, most three hundred watt inverters are going to surge two times. So it's going to have what they say two times surge. So if it's if it's rated for three hundred, it can surge to six hundred.
0: Okay, yeah, but it can only hold that for.
1: It can only hold that for like a microsecond sort the, of thing. The, the six hundred is about. Less than a second, yeah I mean it it's just like point five seconds, so it's that first initial you know yeah. you know flash basically you know what I mean when a when you kick on your lights, you know they draw more energy right then than they will running for the rest of the hour I mean yeah. you know okay. instead of
0: initial surge so now so be, I think that that's a big I think yeah. that's a big thing out there for for people who are novices like me is understanding that it's it's not that we're selling you something that doesn't perform as advertised, right. it's, hey, look, you can't go, you can't put too much test, right. or you're going to hurt yourself. I mean, something's right. going to go wrong.
1: Well, or you'll damage other parts of the right. system. Right, you right. Know, Anything downstream is… Yeah, I mean, in the controller the controller would be your, your major one, right? So most controllers either have a, you know, they'll start out at 10 amp. There'll be a, a 10 amp controller that goes all the way up to 100 amps, you know, that… So if I put a if I put enough solar panels on there that I'm going to exceed a hundred amps of of power, because I say, well, you know, I know it's only I know it says it's a hundred watt panel, but I only get eighty watts out of them. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna put four more on than it says I can, you know, and then all of a sudden that real cool day comes through with real bright sun, and all of a sudden they do produce that ninety five watts that they're capable of doing and they've said they were capable of doing that and all of a sudden your controller now is boom, you know that's back go that.
0: so going back to our example where would you screw up if you had a pump that was a 100 watt pump you had an inverter that was a 100 watt inverter and you had a solar panel that was a 100 watt solar panel
1: where the only place you screw up is you didn't put enough solar panels on it you know you do need a little bit more solar panel if that's their rating you always got to remember just just what we said that they're probably not going to produce exactly what they've said, and it's not because it's not because they're not capable. And, it's because of the environment that they're in. And the inverter would accept it, right? Inverter it, accepts it, it pump but, accepts but it, but it
0: just wouldn't send out enough over right. to the pump. Right now, the pump might. might nope. It nope most go of the time, the
1: pump it, it has to have. Our pumps have to have the the, the correct amount coming in, or they won't. Or they just they won't, won't fire won't, off. You know. Okay. All right. Now, some pumps will, or compressors, if of you all have ever ran compressors, if you ran, say you ran a 14-gauge extension cord, 200 feet, and you ran it down here to a, a two-horse compressor, and you're like, man, that thing sounds kind of funny. And then you touch the cord, and you're like, ooh, that kind of feels a little, <laughs> little warm. It feels a little melty. There's there's a reason. It's because it's overheating. I mean, it's not getting enough electricity in. that. The compressor will go ahead and run will and it will cause major overheating in the compressor and it'll cause the compressor to timely demise i mean it won't it won't have the, the life expectancy of it so that's that's what you're going to run into there our pumps they just don't run i mean we we designed we okay. didn't design the pump but we bought a pump that all right so
0: as as it is you and i talking we've got off on a yeah, off, off on tangent. a tangent yeah. Yeah, wouldn't have like it any tangents. other way yeah. we've got our pump we have got our inverter We've got, or the or the Suntac unit, right? Basically, that that, right? And that's that sized, like you said, we kind of size that for you, right? What would be, and, and actually, we were talking about a pond, small pond. Mm-hmm. What would be kind of our next typical sized project that we've got? I mean, somebody has a, a small
1: building garage. Something of that nature. This
0: sounds very familiar. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) something. Yeah, and that's that's the typical. You know, I built a shop or I built an outdoor shed, and I want a little bit of lights in there. I'd like to be able to run a couple outlets. Uh, What do I need? You know, what you know that's the that's the major question. What do I need for that? You know, and so that's again where we start asking. Well, you know, you've told me you want a couple outlets. Is that outlet to run a
0: a thirteen amp? you know, cut off saw or is that, right. you know, now this is, for? this is where I get lost. I mean, really it's where I get lost. So we've, we've jumped from wattage to amperage. Right. So we've said, okay, I've got a hundred watt pump, da da da, da right. and Now you're jumping over and you're saying and I, I got amperage, a 15 right. amp and yeah. I know that there's a difference.
1: There is, but, but it's, but it's, it's easy to break down. Cause remember, always remember the simplest way to do it. When we ask you for your loads, you know, we don't care how many amps you're running. It's just how many amps are you running? Well, now wait. At how many
0: volts wait are you minute, running? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. And should, I can come up with the watts. you say that, but is my is my amperage not going to impact my wiring?
1: My, no. Well, it would on your AC, but it will not on your DC. And I we can explain that.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. Because I'm, so, I'm literally scratching my head. Right.
1: So so let's just say there again. I said okay. Well, I want. I've got a little building. I want to put five 10 watt led bulbs in it okay well that's that's negligible i mean that's that's using really nothing you're in suppressive speaker wire. right i mean you can run, <laughs> literally you can run speaker <laughs> wire a little 14 gauge speaker wire and you can run all those and have no issue okay and then i said and the only other thing i'm going to run in there is i've got a cutoff saw and i do a lot of cutting up of and metal great. and i like to you know i've got to cut metal all the time because i have a, a business and so they've said it's a 15 amp saw Okay. okay. And so now my, we
0: now in here, we're going to have to have batteries, right? Right. Right. So and, got, we'll,
1: and we'll get to that. So, we've got my 15 amps saw. My first initial question after that, is that 15 amps at 120 or at 240 volts? Okay. And they say 120. Okay. Now then, simple math comes into play. Your,
0: you figure your wattage.
1: 15 times 120. And that's going to be 1,200, yeah, it's, yeah. 1, right, right, right yeah. <laughs> it's going to be 1,800 watts. Right over there. It's going to be 1,800 watts. That gives me now my scenario of what I need. I need 1,800 watts running. Okay? Okay. That's what it so takes to run it. Now, your inverter,
0: well, now, but your inverter needs to be sized higher than that. Right? right. So we're talking about so 1,800 watts,
1: and then I've got my five bulbs over here pulling 50 watts. Okay. So I'm at 1,850. Well, I need to be able, and let's just say, Okay, and I may even ask you, what does it say the surge rating is on that saw? And it may say it surges, you know, twenty five hundred watts. Okay, easy enough. I know I need twenty five hundred and fifty watts available in an inverter. Okay, and and a lot of people will say, well, I just need an inverter then that can surge that. That is not how we size. We're going to tell you you need a twenty five hundred watt continuous running inverter because there may be times that the surge catches it, and it may be that the saws, as they start to get older, they surge higher.
0: Well, and as and I'm, I'm, start to go out. we may need to put a pin in this. Right? How often can it surge? I mean, just, obviously, if it surges every second, boop, 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 like, you know, it's then just a one-time deal. But because it got to come back down at some point. But right? what happens
1: is, okay, so I grab the trigger and I and I cut through it. Now I let
0: off, and every time I let off and hit the trigger again surge yeah but surge. what i'm saying is how soon can that surge after it surged before it does you get what i'm saying it can surge i mean the i mean if i let off and hit it again it's it can be okay immediate so it can surge. do that right i mean okay. it
1: can just be over and over again and that, or if i get not, into big heavy metal and i start pulling through it it starts pulling more power i mean you know it, it won't it won't pull
0: the does full the, amount. Does the number of surges? Does that matter to the life of the inverter? No. Okay.
1: No inverters do not care about that. And okay.
0: I, our new inverters have all of them have
1: the fuses. Yeah, yeah the, the thunderbolts fuses. have fuses in them, and so if you surge it too many times
0: or it hits too hard of a surge, it may blow that fuse. Okay, which is great. So we're you so can we're just change the fuse. We got 2550 wattage that we totally need. So
1: I'm going to buy a 3,000-watt inverter. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to buy the 3,000-watt inverter.
0: because and because then the inverter on the other side of this. Right. Okay, so the 3,000-watt inverter can send it out at any amps?
1: Yes, it can send out up to a 3,000-watt inverter. It's going to be 3,000 watts at 120 volts. So what it's capable of putting out is 3,000 divided by 120 which is going to be somewhere in around twenty five. I don't know that so true the math, but is it's going to be twenty somewhere in the twenty five range. Yeah, so it can put out twenty five amps. Okay. Okay. So, so that's what it can do. That's what its capabilities are. And there again, anytime you have two parts of this of the equation, you can always figure, figure out, out the third. The, okay. Right? I mean, because it's it's voltage
0: times okay. amperage. Okay. I'm with you now because wattage. because the outlet on the the outlet on the inverter is a one twenty. Is a one twenty outlet. And so that's your and and now depending on the inverter do the do the thunderbolt split that between the thunderbolts we do not about that. so thunderbolts you can do you not. can pull the Thunder- full juice off you one time
1: and this is tested by me and my shop <laughs> I mean so I I do know I bought a 1500 watt inverter and I put a over a 13 amp saw which is actually rated over 15 amps or over 1500 watts and I put it to that and I can run it Every time now, I can't run it very long because my batteries won't
0: take. Well, them, if you but the inverter can. So if you did that and you had the lights on the other side, and let's just say you would, would it pull down the lights? Could it? You really don't
1: see the lights pull down. No, you could. I mean, if you really got low in your in your battery bank, you could you could start seeing your lights dim. Okay. You um, but LEDs are are kind of like a lithium battery they're kind of either on or off. Right? Either <laughs> on or they're off. That there's kind of no in between on them. So. That's the thing about the LED bulbs versus you know like a now if you was to be using a regular incandescent bulb yes you would see them get dimmer you know okay. over time so
0: that's kind of our middle one right then there's right, a right. shop and that sort of thing and again that's pretty easy when we when we get into to building the house like we're going to do about right. it at a be what how how am I going to size that is that just going to be a well it's the same exact
1: principle that we just went over in the small one. It's again. We're going to start going through, and we're going to do what they call a load analysis. And a load analysis just means, and we're going to do this. We're going to do this with Wes. I mean, and we maybe do this, do this on air, on air or on camera. We're going to ask Wes. Okay, as you start to build your home, you have to tell us what you intend to all run in this home, because Wes is not going to want to have to at 9 o'clock, be like, uh-oh, everybody, everything's got to shut off because I don't have enough battery power. He wants to make sure that he runs this, that he can live in a home that, that was just like the the grid was hooked up. So in that analysis, you know, we're going to go through his electrical schematic. We're going to find out how many lights he's going to have in his home and what type of light he's going to put there. We're going to find out if he's going to have a, a electric range, gas range, electric furnace, gas so, furnace. So what
0: would happen if you did have – a gas range and a electric dryer you're you're every time that you put
1: in something that's gas you just take away from your electrical needs so you can you can start bringing Damn down boy. your electrical
0: what do i what do i need if i'm going to have 220 you're just going to have to have an inverter
1: that's capable of producing 220 that that's the only difference you're just going to have to have an inverter that's capable of doing that now in like wes's instance as we start to do this we're probably going to go with what they call the Radian series. It's an Outback product. It's a very good product. It's an 8,000-watt inverter. Most cases, 8000 watts catches about anything in a home that you want to run. In his case, we're probably going to do two, and we're going to do what they call stack them. Stacking means that they're tied together.
0: So if you, you got 16,000. And they're able to 40.
1: pull 16,000 watts at, at any one given time. Okay. And they'll have a surge rating of three times. So it'll be 16 times. That. So he'll have a surge rating that he could pull 48,000 watts for a second. So if he goes in and turns on some
0: major but you appliance. Can, but, of, if, but if you, you did know, that, I mean, you're going to see those batteries skipping across the floor, aren't you? Those well, it's, it's, it's going to pull down the battery. Well, what
1: it's going to do, and this is the same way in the small systems, what you'll initially see is when you do that initial surge, you'll see the battery level drop. And you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I just took all my battery. And then immediately you're turn it off and it just comes right back up. I mean it it didn't really use all that. It just ooh, holy cow. Yeah, I I just it. did that surge like ooh, that was a lot, you know. <laughs> and then it lets it go right back down. And then it just and I do this every day in my shop. I go out and I'll put plug something in and I'm like, oh, and then immediately I turn it off and it goes right back up. So
0: that's a that's an interesting question in this environment then. Is it I'm going to use a I'm going to use a term bad That's probably the wrong thing to say. Is it is it bad to have 220, 240 appliances? No,
1: or no. Nope. Is there nope? There's nothing there. There is nothing to say that that a two forty and a one twenty. You know, in the old in the old theory, everybody says, well, two forty is more efficient than than one than a one ten is. I mean, the reason being that it would be more efficient, and we've talked about this before, is because at two forty, I'm using half the amount of amps than I am at 120. I'm still using the same amount of wattage. So overall, but it's more efficient because I can run with a smaller wire size okay.
0: and not overheat. And, and you're, you're saying that, but isn't that the closer we are in the voltage to where we need to be, if I remember right. Right. Is is that really kind of the math we're backing into? If I got that wrong,
1: it it would be if we were on the other side of the, of the coin, let's just say, Let's just say, yeah. So, so we're right now about as well. The only as big as you can do right now in, in our industry is 48 volt. I mean that you know everything's set up for 48 volt. That's that's the biggest you can set up for. So if I did a a forty, if I went had if I had to change that voltage from 48 volt to 240 volts, it's not as efficient
0: as to change it changes it. Okay, that's yeah. So that's right. and I yeah I got that wrong. I yeah. you know, and I was thinking that on that wrong. In that instance. Is 240 more problematic from our? No, it will not be. It's just a matter of it's a little
1: less efficient. That's where I'm coming on, from. On than, a, than a 120. Than a 120, but you'll make up for any of that inefficiency with the smaller wire size and less heat that that, that unit actually pulls out of the, the unit. Okay. So.
0: And then really, the thing to do is gas. I mean, in these. Yes, in yes. Those, if you're, I mean, you
1: know, we've said this before in our podcast and, and on videos. Heating is the number one consumer of electricity. I mean that by far. I mean if you take all the heating out, and when I say heating, I don't just mean well, heating yeah. your air. I mean heating your, heating it your still, food.
0: It still blows my mind, that, right? That the split that we've got,
1: yeah, can run
0: off. How many panels is that?
1: The split that we have is that the big one is six panels. Six I mean that's two, just
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, <You> know, six <laughs> panels runs your you know runs this
1: way, and it's a and it's a fairly good sized unit. I mean yeah. it's a. Eighteen thousand BTU unit. You know, I mean, it's it can do the the normal thousand square foot home and, and not have any trouble. You know, so okay. so with that, you know, we we were talking there. That's that that's what you're looking for. That's what you're trying to trying to stay your efficiency as close to as humanly possible. You know, I mean, that's but never worry about. Oh, it's better for me to stay one twenty versus the two forty. And then there again, heating is is going to eat it up. So if I can heat my food with gas, then that's going to be the most efficient way. If I'm going to, if I can heat my water with gas, that'll be the most efficient way. Now the most efficient way in which I think we're going to Im- implement into the home that Wes is building is going to be geothermal. Oh yeah. And geothermal is by far the most efficient because it's already made. It's already there. I mean, so all we're doing is having to bring it up. I mean, so with a transfer pump, and that's very very efficient versus um, having to create artificially create that temperature. You know, uh, you know, if I'm cooling something, I have to artificially create that temperature. If I'm heating something, I have to artificially create that and, temperature. And
0: the geothermal that still blows my mind. Yeah. I forget so it, what, it's I, crazy. They come businesses. back and they're like, it's typically constantly what 50? 50, 56, 56 you in degrees. In yeah. So what you what you're doing? And just if you haven't ever looked into this you're bringing water up from a well. Right. And and that around here, that means that water is always typically like 50, I think 54, 56 is what they say. And so in the winter, you're only bringing that temperature of that water up another 18. 18 maybe, <laughs> you know, it depends on how warm you want to be. Versus, so you're bringing that up 18 degrees versus if you're trying to bring your house from right, good lord, negative, yeah, what negative whatever, negative so yeah, whatever, to 32 to 68 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's 68 degrees or whatever that you're trying to make the differential. So, changing the room temperature by 68 degrees versus changing the room temperature up by 18 yeah, degrees. And, and I mean, you know, when you're
1: when you're changing that, you know, on heating and cooling. If you're if you're doing a forced air system, right, which that's most people right. who are doing a forced air system, so you're changing the air, and then you're having to have the air, and when everything's done, the air is having to change all the temperatures of everything in that room, the couch, the right. so, I mean, everything you set on, touch, whatever. It's the air is what's doing that. Well, air does not hold heat very well. I mean, it's not a very good conductor. Oh, of, open your window
0: and right, the car it's west not right. a very good conductor. Get your, get your cheeseburger yeah. and see what yeah. happens. So,
1: so whereas on what Wes will be doing, you know, you're going to be changing the concrete, the, you know, the, the, the slab of the concrete will actually be changing and it will be 56 or 58 degrees, whatever that, the temperature, whatever, whatever what his well winds up being is going to be what the temperature is. And then it uses radiant heat, not forced air. It uses radiant heat than to heat all those, and that's really easy because most of your couch and everything is already touching that. So it just as it does that, it starts using all the and, products in the home to actually
0: heat the house. And, and I know this is not the focus of the podcast. I know we. I was talking about range, bringing that temperature up, and you're like, "Well, what? That doesn't sound right." This is actually planned to be earth bermed. Right. Which which makes the constant temperature in there again, or in the yeah, 50 degree yeah, range. Yeah, you're going to your yours will be so around the,
1: 61 degrees so constant. So earth so. berming
0: is going to that's part of the calculation that was in my head, and I didn't say that out loud. But going back to the geothermal, the other the other big thing that if you research at all about that is that where do you experience the most cold, if you will? I mean, if you get up in the morning and it's January, February, and you put your toes out on the right. That's exactly so. Right. Where's the cold? Well, it's in that two foot range right. from the floor up, you know. And where's the heat wanting to go? Heat wanting to go up at your light right. bulb. <laughs> I mean, yep. you know, hot air rises. So the geothermal, another big component of it, is it's it's heating. It's constantly heating or cooling right. that that lower level where, in the case of heating, that's where your real
1: Right. And it's able then to transfer. Comes from. Yeah, you, transfer right up through the I
0: mean how pole. often would you say, Okay, in January I'm gonna get out and walk in my bare feet on a concrete floor. Yeah, no, not good Lord, old. not very often. But not, in this even it, in most homes, you just <laughs> wouldn't do that. I mean that's and, not a, and so in this case you're actually that's where your heat is coming from. So it's make a another significant change in and the temperature that you need to keep it because that lower place is always heated or cooled. So like I said, didn't want this to become a, a commercial yeah. for earthworm or geothermal, but it's interesting when you stop and look at this. What else? I guess the the only other thing we talk about is kind of the in between. So, if I am putting in, I want to take part of my house off grid. I mean, are you pretty much running around with a with a meter? checking yeah yeah.
1: The, there again you're just going to do the load analysis of of the actual units that you're wanting to take away and in doing that you're probably going to have to wind up setting your home up in a way that you're going to make a sub box off of your main box and feed that
0: and we're we're talking about the circuit breakers right so, so you're because, going to have a series because if of circuit you just breakers. go right
1: into your if you just go right into your main panel well it's going to feed whatever's in that main panel i mean that's just what it's going to feed and so you may be feeding something that you had no intentions of feeding And it may be one of the biggest electricity sucks on the whole deal. You know, so you've got to break that away and say, okay, well, I only want to run my lights, my refrigerator, and my freezer. That way if anything actually happens, you know, electricity goes down for days. Well, at least I still have those components running and I don't lose my food and I can still walk around and and not be a danger to myself. And and,
0: and obviously you in any of this, you always want a certified electrician and follow your building codes and all that, et cetera, et cetera. But in that case too, could you not put a, like a transfer switch in there Could. so that very easily, very easily. And you can, and you can matter of fact,
1: even put an automatic transfer switch in and some inverters say, say the Outback VFXR or the Radiant, either one, they'll come with an automatic transfer switch in it. And that's what we run here at the store. And the cool thing about those are in the 24 and 48 volt models, they're able to grid tie. And so when that battery bank becomes full, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting, it's, it's feeding the grid. If you're overproducing, it's feeding the grid, so you're kind of getting that net that meter. pay, you know, net metering payback. And then all of a sudden, now here at the store, it happened the other day. Power went out for just a minute, for five minutes. Well, everybody on the everybody just kept working, you know, because we were set up that the VFXR just did it. Everybody thought they blinked for a second because that's how fast that happens. You thought you blinked because the the lights just kind of flicker for just a second. But when I say flicker the computer's never even shut off. I mean, that's how fast it is as a transfer. It doesn't even shut off computers. So, so a lot of people use those there again, they use that for, and we can't leave out the medical world because a lot of people have CPAP machines and things, yeah, of, things I of that know, nature. That a- and, and they, they cannot, you know, have that go down, you know, and be like, well, I'm gonna have to get up and go flip the transfer switch. I mean, CPAP machines on, you know, and one of those things well, shuts you're, off. You're, you're typically yeah, sleeping, you're sleeping when you're it. That's not a good thing. You know, <laughs> you got this mask over your face that it's supposed to be producing air and that's doing nothing all of a sudden, you know, so it's doing the reverse actually. So Okay. But,
0: uh, all right. What else we got?
1: That's about all on sizing. There is, we we could talk about this for hours, maybe days. <laughs> well, so, we got? so if you, if you really want to, I mean, if you have a project of mind, get a hold of our of our guys. They're going to go through some of the basic processes I've talked about. They're going to get a lot more in depth. They're going to get in depth with wiring batteries. You know, What's your, we, what we does is, your to, like? what yeah. is your plan look like? What is your How many days do you want this to run with autonomy? You know, things of that
0: nature. So, all right, well, I'm going to wrap it up. But as we, as we close out this episode, what we want to mention is we got the workshop coming back. Oh yeah. And so we'll be reminding everybody that this right now, we think it's in ink, but it might be in pencil. It'll be in February. This coming February, we're going to pull the workshop together again. When we announce that, we'll, we'll send, send out an email, let everybody know. So if you haven't signed up, make sure you sign up for any of our email lists. And the class can only hold about 15. Mm-hmm. And I think even even with the with Rona out there and all that, I think we're going to stay with that. We can but, still um,
1: distance, them and that's not going to be an issue. So.
0: But I know we've got a lot of, we've always has a lot of interest in making sure that does. So when that does come out, make sure you buy early, buy often on that, so that you make sure that you get a get a seat in it. So we'll right. we'll send out more details as that comes, gets a little more clarity on it, and we'll we'll let you know. But thanks for tuning in today. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question that you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast email us at radio at mwands.com. You can follow us on our website m1s mwands.com or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Check out our store at m1s mwands.com and buy some stuff. Buying stuff allows us to continue to produce our educational broadcasts like our podcasts and YouTube videos and most importantly it keeps Lucy's doggy chicken treats coming. Thanks again.